Hey, what's up, everybody? On this episode of the Bullpen Podcast, listen to me, the crypto bully, have a conversation with Warren Whitlock about his views on if technology is the problem or the person, his thoughts on AI and nanotechnology, and the impact social media has on cryptocurrency projects. Let's do it. Oh, wait. One more thing before we get to the podcast. In this podcast, The Crypto Bully, any co-host and his guests do not give financial or investment advice and encourage you to do your own research on all topics mentioned. Do not invest into this market what you can't afford to lose. I bet I know what you're thinking. Is this really Morgan Freeman? Well, unfortunately not. But Lyndon thought it would be a good idea to use such a soothing voice for the legal mumbo-jumbo to smooth things over. Now, let's do it. Now entering the Bitcoin Podcast Network. Play ball! Podcast number nine, the crypto bully. Wow! <laughs> he makes it look so easy. And that ball has left the stadium. Hey, what's up, everybody? I want to welcome everyone to episode six of the Bullpen Podcast, powered by ECC. I'm your host, Mr. Crypto Carlton, also known as the Crypto Bully. And here on this podcast, I like to get into the bullpen with some of the most influential and interesting individuals in blockchain and cryptocurrency. I like to pick their brains about their opinions and see what they have going on in the crypto space. Now, for today's episode, we have a very awesome and interesting individual. Now, our guest today, he's a blockchain and cryptocurrency influencer. He's a keynote speaker. He's the founder of Ochin.com a contributor of coinhash.co, an IBM futurist, and also an influence architect. He's also been an online marketer for over 35 years and a famous digital business development strategist and also the author of the best-selling book, Profitable Social Media Business Results Without Playing Games. So, without further ado, I'd like to introduce our guest for today, Mr. Warren Whitlock. How are you doing today? I'm doing fantastic. Excited to be here. Awesome, man. Really appreciate you taking the time out of your busy sex schedule to come on to the podcast today and really just kind of go back and forth with us, Spar, let let the people know your opinion on what's going on. And I, I really think that's awesome, and I appreciate it. All right. All right, all right. So, you know, we can go ahead and uh, just jump right into everything. So if you can, you want to update uh, people, just tell them a little bit about yourself, anything that I missed, and then let them know how and when you became involved with blockchain and cryptocurrency. Okay. Well, yeah, one tiny note. I've not been an online marketer for over 35 years because there wasn't much to do in marketing way back then. Ah. But uh, not too far off in spirit. I have been online now uh, 36, 37 years uh, since I first went online with uh, BBS system. And uh, I paid to have an MCI mail email address, $10 a month. 
Never okay. used the thing for three years. So <laughs> there's my first bad investment in online. Uh, but I thought, you know, oh, this thing's coming. I'm going to be using email all the time. Right. Tried a couple of times. It came with another little service that also was very costly per hour to use if you use the Dow Jones uh, new service and a couple other things. I think the minimum was $12 an hour to wow. use anything. So, uh, yeah, and then it was extremely slow and not, not a whole lot of information. But uh, that got me into using, um, using a computer to keep track of accounts. And I'm going to say CRM is like the greatest advantage I have over the rest of the world now for, you know, going on 40 years. Wow. That if you get a relationship and you talk to people uh, and you listen to them, it, it, it's not like mass media where you just push, push, push. Right. You actually have a conversation, which I did on CompuServe back in the 80s and bulletin board services. And then when the internet really came along, I mean, I was on the internet in 1984, but it was a, it was a prompt and it was almost as bad as the MCI mail experience. <laughs> uh, but, uh, but by the time it got to where you could really send emails and listen, people had great discussions. When people say you're staring at your phone, you're not paying attention to the world. I don't believe it because having my phone in, you know, it's never far away. Right. Having actually, truth is, it sometimes I sit here and the phone's in another room all day because I do everything like this, but uh, even make phone calls. But, uh, <clears throat> but yeah, um, having that with me uh, means that if something comes up, I'm there. If it doesn't, then great. Uh, you know, I'll go many hours without using the phone. Right. But uh, being able to answer a question about who was in that movie while you're talking to somebody at lunch is pretty cool. Uh, I've got a friend who does it constantly. Every time we get talking about a movie, he's got the phone out. And it's <laughs> a bit annoying. I was at lunch with him just the other day, and he picks up his phone and he's doing something. It was taking notes on stuff I was telling him. I can't complain about that. But let me get back to the real reason I brought up the whole phone thing. If you're not, if the conversation where you are isn't engaging you enough, then it's one your job to fix it, not the other person. Yeah. Um, and and two, you know, just escaping isn't the right thing to do. But if but if you need a third party, if you need a reference, that's fantastic. And now after, you know, again, going on 40 years of doing this, I'm going to tell you that, you know, that's what, well, people refer to me as a millennial because uh, you know, <laughs> the world's over millennial because I'm, I'm connected, I'm on, I'm thinking digital first because it is most of my life has been that way. Um, every time I get a chance to go face to face, whether it's like this or, you know, go to a meeting, I just set up a really nice lunch with a friend that's in town. Uh, we're talking about doing some business together, some blockchain stuff. Right. Uh, and, uh, you know, I'm, hey, that's so much better than in person. But for those people that think, you know, I'm, uh, do I need to escape, have a day off a week of, of using the phone or whatever, if you want to do that. But if, if it's somebody calling you every 10 minutes on your phone and you can't pay attention to the conversation. You got a problem that has nothing to do with whether or not the device is with you. Yep. Um, you know, I don't, I don't get, my phone rings like once a week. You know, I've, I've arranged my life so I get other stuff done. 
you know, I'll probably send 200 emails today, but I don't need to, uh, you know, I don't need to do it while I'm eating lunch. Um, Agreed. So, yeah, yeah. So anyway, I, that's a bit of a rant, but I think, you know, especially in a space like this, I every day check what the Bitcoin price is. Oh, at least 50 times. Well, maybe not twice. <laughs> you know, many times in a day. And yeah, I'll do it while I'm watching TV or stopped at a at an intersection driving or stuff like that. Yeah, it can be an addictive behavior. But you know, the price of Bitcoin doesn't change. There'll be other days where I just go many hours without without checking it. And you know what? It'll go up or down without me doing a dang thing. You got it. Um, Yep. No, I agree with you 100 percent. You know, it's funny. Uh, you hear people talk about that all the time and they talk about the, you know, the technology and saying like, OK, is it the technology that's causing the problem or is it the person? Because, you know, a lot of people say, you know, hey, put your phone down. You know, why are you on your phone so much? And I can speak for myself, you know, in particular, when it comes to my cell phone, it makes me so much more accessible to everybody else, you know, because I can't always set up a laptop, you know, I can't be right in front of a computer. So, you know, when I'm managing the social community for ECC, or I'm trying to respond to people in my Facebook group, when they see in questions, I can literally right there on my phone, answer them immediately, I can get to them, I can get, you know, get a question. And like you said, I do like to block out time, you know, I don't need to necessarily be on my phone, say when I'm in the middle of eating lunch. But if I'm, you know, traveling somewhere, walking outside, that cell phone is what gives me the ability to still be able to connect with everybody I wouldn't necessarily be able to connect with if I didn't have it. So I think... Flip mm -hmm. that around. It gives you the ability to go outside for a walk instead of having to sit at your computer and answer the question. Exactly. And that's the amazing part. Like, that is the amazing part. I feel like... And I feel like when it comes to technology, it really is about the person. It's all based on how you use it. At the end of the day, technology is a tool. And how you use that tool will basically present itself to the rest of the world. So if you t if you treat it as such and you use it as a, a means to an end and not an end itself, then I feel like it'll just pretty much uh, radiate off of that, you know, and it'll really make everything that you're doing a lot easier and it'll make people a lot more um, aware of what it is you're trying to do. So, you know, I could definitely see that there. I just had an opportunity to meet with one of the biggest guys in crypto. He had his staff. We're all sitting at a dining table. We all have a laptop open, including him. He's up and down all the time, right. you know, so he's summoning people to this. Uh, we're working together on a project. I know that uh, I said, well, actually, I know all the people who are there. Um, they're all people who we communicate with every day online. Right. And everybody is working like that. I found the chair uncomfortable, the room. Somebody came in and cleaned uh, just one tabletop across the, this big room and was using too much ammonia. And, and some of the people just sat there. I had wow. to get up and walk outside. Uh, as as did other, and, the, and the the big guy wasn't wasn't in the room when all this happened. Right, but he'd come and then start talking a conversation and go, and everybody dropped what they were doing and took care of it. I could not stand to work like that all the time. Yeah. But on that day, we had the choice to do whatever it is we wanted to do. Yep. Had I said I've had enough of this, I'm going home. It would have been just fine. Yeah, I was there because I wanted that little bit of access, the 10 minutes here and five minutes there that I could get and uh, an access of a guy that had traveled in. Um, and so things happen. But I'm sitting there working on my laptop and I'm going like, you know, it'd be so much easier just to 
set set in my normal desk with a couple of monitors and do that. But right. the, the point is I do whatever I want to do. And this is what I've learned from working with some people that are done extremely well in the crypto space. Mm-hmm. They're, they are always connected, but always on the move. And every single one of them can drop what they're doing. I've been to dinner with the, the, the guy I was just talking about. We went three hours. Nobody checked their phone. It was a great time. Yep. You know, you don't have to be constantly trying to, to see if you know. I, I, you know what? Crypto does not mean day trading. Yes. And, and even more important, let's get to my main topic. Blockchain is not crypto. There is so much coming. Yes. It is like if you could have invested in PCs in the 70s before IBM got involved, you could have have you could have bought a piece of Apple or Microsoft for nothing. Uh, it's like getting into Google in the in the uh, late 90s, long before they went public. Right. Getting into uh, social media in the early aughts. I mean, you're in uh, you're in very early, no matter what. Blockchain is going to be so huge that if you pick a good company and contribute to it, whether or not that's buying some tokens or uh, you know, whatever else you do, get paid in tokens. Boy, I got, I had somebody tip me on Twitter that what amounted to about $5 worth of Bitcoin right. back in uh, 2012. <laughs> that thing skyrocketed. You know, I sold it for 22 times what, what it was when I got it. I ignored most of it. And that was all before the big run up. Um, you know, had I held on to that, I would have done better. It wasn't quite the $30 for 30 bitcoins for a pizza thing but you know i've been in it for a long time and i've not made all as much money as some people but i can tell you the wild ride is technology keeps getting better and count on yep so let me define that a little bit there's ai out there that's changing everything there's uh nanotechnology which if you don't know about nanotechnology go pick up a book the guy who invented the term, Eric, uh, Eric White? No, that's somebody else. Eric. <laughs> it's Eric B. I'm sorry, I can't think of it. You'll put it in the show notes. Yes. And he wrote about nanotechnology. His latest book explains how we misuse the term. Nanotechnology means atomically precise manufacturing. It does not mean you put a pill in your body and it died. That's good. That's nano, but that's something else. Materials are going to change like nothing else. All the physics and chemistry you know go out the window, and we build things out of carbon nanotubes. Yep. And if you don't know what a carbon nanotube is enough to explain it, go read up on it. Uh, I need to study it more, too. But uh, basically, in the future, we're going to be able to take one automobile, make 10 automobiles out of it. Wow. They'll all be lighter, faster, stronger, cheaper, and they'll build themselves. It, you know, don't get carried away. We're not going to like throw out a, a magic pill and <laughs> you know we're not quite talking fantasy stuff, but almost that good compared to what we know now. Because when you get to subatomic uh, physics, everything changes. Right. So, and for all that stuff, and so my two favorites are AI and nanotechnology. For that to take over and make our world even better than carrying the phone. Uh, you know, we really don't have to worry about working because things are just getting taken care of. We fed everybody. We've got clean water to everybody, housing, 
Uh, and that's capitalism winning. Capitalism winning doesn't mean some people get richer. Capitalism winning means the, all the people of the earth are eating. Nice. And I think we're going to be able to do that. Um, and, uh, you know, in my lifetime, and I'm an old guy, um, and we're going to get to a point where it's like that. You know, yeah, the robots could take over and kill us all. If they do, right. it don't matter. <laughs> <laughs> Let's not even think about that. But, um, you know, there's there's a lot, you know, I could say more, but no, let's not even bother. So think about all the wonderful things that are available in the future coming a lot faster because we're building databases on blockchain. We're do, using smart contracts to automate what happens and, and put out the rules that, you right. know, uh, if I want this to happen today, fine. If I need it to happen tomorrow after a certain condition, fine. You know, and it'll be easier than pushing a button on your phone. Imagine you need to go to Hong Kong and you tell you tell your Uber type app that you are that you want to go to Hong Kong. A car arrives, picks you up, takes you to the airport. You walk on security free and uh, sit in the in the seat. Whether it's an economy or your own private jet is not the point here. Right. You sit in that seat. You get to the destination. Another car is there ready to pick you up with your name emblazoned on the side. No guy with the sign. Right. Um, and takes you to your destination. And you need clothes. You need whatever. They're already there because the system took care of it all. Every piece of that technology is working now. There are places like you want to pay something like $100 a trip. They will just see that your clothes get to the hotel room. You pack a wow. bag of what you need. Um, and, and, you know, one or two of them or whatever it takes, you fly to the city and the, and the hotel has your bags. That's available now. It's expensive. Yeah. And, and that kind of service, the chauffeur and the getting you to the private jet is available now. But the technology is also available to hook that all together and work. And that's what blockchain and smart contracts do. Besides the security, besides the fact that anybody building a token today selling those tokens off at a discount, if their company does well, you're going to do well. It's, you know, we'll get some equity, some different ways of doing things, makes it all legal and good. That's not my department. I figure <laughs> out, you know, what needs to be done, what it takes to get the message out, how to tell the story, and then, you know, you all go do it. Um <laughs> Nice. See, and that, that, yeah, that's a lot of good points, though. Just seeing how um, everything is transformed with technology, the way it takes place, like you said, the nano and the AI and things like that. I feel like when we get more into that, it'll be really interesting to see how crypto transforms. So, like one aspect I think of, right, when you think about social media, you think about how how big of an impact social media plays when it comes to cryptocurrency. We're talking Facebook, Instagram, YouTube, things like that. And you know, one thing that I really find interesting, which I would love to get your input on is that when it comes to social media, right, do you feel like social media will more or less determine the success of a particular project? Especially with right now, we see, right, you see like Facebook and Instagram, a lot of these people are banning crypto ads. So they don't even want to see this pretty much on their platform. And they're saying it's because of the scams. But what what impact do you think that that means for projects? Well, it's going to change because the companies can advertise. Right. The crypto offer is what they don't like. OK, and think about it. When did you go to Facebook and see an ad saying we got a new stock coming out? Invest in our company. 
Right. Yeah. True. <laughs> you know, that's there are laws banning that regulations, call it whatever. You know. Right. Hey, I'm not your attorney. Go pay somebody thousand dollars an hour to <laughs> tell you what I'm telling you because you know it's not legal for me to give you advice. Um, you know, but you know what? All that's going to change too. I've read. I read a book last year. Sorry, I can't think of all what the title was, but the whole entire book was on how professionals are going to be eliminated by AI. And man, does it make a good case. Think about it. Right now, I can take, you know, I can say, hey, let's take a look at this this thing on my my arm here. What do you think? And the dermatologist can rate it and give me an answer. Technically, it's possible. I know the company working on it, you know. Uh, it's a tech. It's not a technical issue. It's an acceptance issue of where they get it out to everybody and that, that kind of thing. Once they do, that means I can get a dermatologist to give me a reading for five dollars cash instead of wow. having to go to my my uh, general practitioner, get a referral, make an appointment, drive across town because you know the specialists are never in your neighborhood, right? And it's always on the far side of the valley for some reason. Go and sit in their office, wait your turn, go into there, go in there, and they walk in, they say, yep, that rash is nothing. And you walk out, you pay the bill, or the insurance pays the bill, or whatever, you go back to work, and you wasted a day to find out that the rash is nothing. (laughs) Or, you know, here's a script for some cream. Um, And that all could be eliminated. 45% of the U.S. healthcare system is paperwork. Uh, I just saw Vice News uh, on HBO. They have Vice. Uh, no, wait a minute. They have Vice News every day, and they have Vice. So right. it's the Vice program for last week. Uh, and uh, or you know, season. Uh, I should say the season number. Never know when somebody's going to watch this. But anyway, just saw it. it was on pharmacy. It was experiments. They showed a woman in ruin. She's she's getting along okay. She's going to die from from blood cancer, a horrible thing. Wow. They gave her a few months to live, but she's making it out probably like five years now, thanks to this wonderful drug. Wow! She, it is costing the drug costs thousands of dollars a month. I yep. mean, it's something like a hundred dollars a pill type of thing. Okay, they then go to the factory where you can buy the compound for it in China. And you know, everybody says you got a risk. Is it the same? No, it's the place that makes the stuff. They went to a lab, they check it out. Uh, At one point, the guy holds up a little bag and says, They gave us this sample. Street value in the US, $3 million. They gave it to him as a sample. Wow. Uh, So the inside of the factory, the whole thing, that's just regularly available. The trade show where you go to buy the compounds you need. It's just simple chemistry. We're not even talking fancy nanotechnology that delivers it only to the cancer cell. Um, We're just talking like the compound. Now, somewhere in in my mind, we got to cut out something from the three million and get it down to the free sample kind of price. And that applies to everything. Think about electricity. We can we can produce solar. I'm working with the company, the Sun Exchange. Uh, uh, just I just raided them on ICO bench, uh, and uh, I, you know talking to the founder, and I'm going, man, how how is this going to work? Go to the Sun Exchange. I think, dot io, 
and you'll watch a video and that that founder's passion is going to make the world a better place he's from south africa i talked to him in kenya uh he's setting up rural electricity you know he can only get on skype a couple hours a day he's out in the field doing something making some kind of deals there and there is so much there's so much solar there's enough solar hitting my state of nevada that could fuel the entire world for everything that we're doing cost of solar has come down over 90 percent in the last 10 years yep. it's still dropping it's like moore's law and we're looking at a future where the electricity is free water is free by the way you just pay to have it delivered to your house yep uh, water will continue to be free that nanotechnology will build stuff those car factories and stuff the biggest problem we got to worry about is what we're going to do with the spare time right the extra time these riots they're talking about and yeah you know, race issues or, or whatever is are real, you know, but that's what TV talks about. Right. When you watch the video, you see a bunch of people standing around, no no idea how they're going to ever get a better future, and some bad news comes out, they get talking about it, they get worked up, like I am right now, yep. and they go burn something down. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's yep. uh, the uh, Spike Jones. Mike Jones, Mike Lee. Wait a minute, I get yeah. those two names mixed up. One, <laughs> one's a famous old white, uh, a, a funny old white guy, and the other one makes movies. Which makes movies? That's a Spike Lee. That's Spike Lee. Spike yep. Jones and did some other stuff. Hilarious audio stuff, by the way. Um, anyway, Spike Lee. Yeah, I'm, I'm being an old white man, aren't I? Um, <laughs> no, Spike Lee. I love his, his film where I think it's Do the Right Thing. Yep. Uh, at the end of it. You know, he, he just picks up a trash can, throws it into his favorite business window, and you feel for it. It's a stupid thing he did. There's no doubt about that. Right. You throw a trash can through a window, you, you've not only broken the law, but it's just dumb. It won't accomplish anything. Yep. You know? Uh, you know, especially a business where you liked the guy, right? You're going to, eh, come on, work it out, guys. Sit down, have a conversation. We can all get along. So, um but that's what's going on is is people um, people bored and then they come up with dumb things to do whatever the TV tells them to do. Yep, uh, yep. They get you know get mad about things and that's what you see on this on the bad part of social media. And, and so anyway, to answer your question, fourteen minutes later, <laughs> I'm, I'm I'm saying that uh, it's not social media causing anything. So when you say, does the company need to have social media? Of course, because it's, it's like saying, do you need a telephone? Right. You want air conditioning in your building. You know, are you going to buy a TV set? Very true. It's all okay. Well, some people say no, but, um, you know, it's like I, I can't say no to the technology. I embrace the technology. I push it forward. If you're not out on the edge pushing forward, how are you going to keep up in this fast-changing world? That is true. Right now, that means you tell the story in social media and you listen. If you're not listen, if you're not using social media to listen to your audience, it's crazy. Yeah, it's yeah. not when you put out. I, I tell the ICOs this all the time. If you, I have a huge audience. You don't want me putting airdrops coming. Go sign up here. Because that appeals to about 12 people. Right. You can reach a million people with, we're going to change the world with clean water. We're going to change the world with the better electricity. Yep. We're going to make it easier for, to shop. 
And I, I got to tell you my favorite story on blockchain. This okay. is what really turned me on. I wrote a book called Billions Rising back in 2013. It was about the people coming up from the bottom. Our, our premise was it's like Maslow's hierarchy of needs. You know, the old triangle, you probably saw this in school. Right. And it starts off with people need to eat. They need to, to have water and shelter and clothing. I mean, the very basic. You find somebody starving, you are a, you are a you know a jerk if you don't do something to get them fed so they don't starve to death. <laughs> right. You know. But then let's move up. Day two, that per- person wants to feed himself. He does not want you to bring him a meal every day. There are a few. They make the news. Let's you know the welfare mothers. Let's not talk about that. Let's talk about the majority. Right. Majority of people on the street right now won't be next year. It's transient. Think about all the people who just, you know, had a little medical problem, broke their leg, couldn't work. Next thing you know, can't make the rent. They're out on the street. They lose their car. How do they get a job? You know, they're trying to every day figure out someplace. They maybe got, you you know, a small family, whatever. I saw one where somebody was helping a person. Husband and wife each had two jobs. They had two kids and they and something went wrong. They couldn't make the rent. And the party involved said, you know, we made rent for it. Right. You know, it's, it's like that was compassion. That was helping out. That that takes not a government system declaring that you get your rent cheap. It takes it takes somebody who knows you, has a relationship, say, here, I'll take care of that. OK, so once you get past that, those people don't want to take your hand out. Yeah. They want to get back on their feet. Literally, if it's a broken leg, you get them back on their feet another way. That's the next stage. Then they want to help other people. They want to pay it forward. They want to pay it back, whatever. you know. And that's most of the hierarchy. And when that, when, you know what? That applies. This is what we found right at Billions for. That applies to people mm-hmm. making $2 a day. They think the same way. If you're making $2 a day, you're eating without, um, without having to worry about the paycheck. Yeah. You know, they're farmers. They're doing something else. They're dealing in other kind of currency. Yes, you can change their life by giving them $10, just like giving a lottery winner some some money. The amount's just different. Right. You want them to come up, and we want them to come up the way they want to. You listen to them, you help them. So in doing all that, I found out about an organization, and this URL works. The, uh, uh, I'm sorry. Oh, you're fine. Eat <laughs> for life. Um, .org, okay? Um, and, I'm, and I said beads. Boy, I really screw up the URL. Beadforlife.org, okay? And, it, and this organization started by a woman, went to Uganda, had nothing better to do, I guess got divorced in service, or who knows this backstory. I got to go look that up. It's a real nice lady I talked to. Um, while writing this book, we, did, we had a podcast. We interviewed her. And she goes over there and after a while says, hey, Look at this. This woman is making these beautiful beads out of junk paper. She said recycle. I say it's trash. (laughs) It's junk paper. Used paper. She makes these colorful beads. I don't know what the process is. It's costume jewelry. It's something that you wouldn't pay 50 cents for if you just saw it on the commodity value. Right. But just like the drug that got to be very expensive, she this woman says, wait a minute, she's stringing these beads together, making a bracelet, and we throw in the story that she had escaped domestic abuse, and she was there feeding her kids, 
by doing this and selling what you could, sitting on some dirt floor of a market. Right. So, woman takes these things, sells them to her friends back home, who now have a bracelet. Think about it. You give your girlfriend uh, a, a bracelet, and she's going out telling the world that right. the value of that to the guy buying it goes up to like 100 bucks. You know, no problem making a profit with this. You attach the story. True story. You, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm kind of t- talking like, you know, we're making it up or it's belittled. This is actually a true story. So the woman brings the stuff back, sells it. Now she's got to take the money to Uganda. So single woman gets on a plane by herself, no armed guard, wow. no, no arms at all because you're on a plane, goes through security, 10 grand cash. I'm gonna I'm gonna say I'll put that in you know I put that in a bag and hand it to me. I'm you know a big fat guy, but I'm still scared to death carrying around that. I don't carry around a hundred dollars. That's a lot of cash. I'm always constantly afraid somebody's gonna steal my credit cards and my phone. You know, not just put women carrying ten thousand cash. She does it twice a year, ten thousand is the limit you can take. Yep. And then it gets to Uganda, they've got to exchange it for something. So, and I'm Mr. Marketer. I'm saying like, well, you probably could sell all that you want of those in the U.S. And no, you can't. Yeah. So think about change the exchange rate to Uganda is something like twenty three percent. You know, you don't you lose a lot of your money right. wiring it there. Okay. And then you and then you know you got what kind of money you're going to put in? Does this person have a bank account, et cetera, et cetera? So it's something like uh, one point seven billion people are unbanked. Yes. Most of them have uh, have cell phones. Yep. And I might be wrong on those numbers, but, you know, it's a huge number. And there are people working on this to making sure banking works better on the phones. Right now, you're in Kenya. You sell a goat. You go to a storefront. You hand them the cash, and they put it on your phone. It's secure. Right. You don't you know, think about it. You live in a hut. You don't store up a whole lot of cash inside the hut. Because you walk out to the market, somebody's going to steal everything you got. So, um, you know, so you carry it on your person, which means you can get robbed and you lose everything. Right. And really hard to get out of that bottom rung of self-reliance if if what you're worried about is is you store the money. And, you know, a case could be made for some of these people have happy lives. Why, why, you know, throw money into it? That's fine, too. Right. But um, we're talking about the ones who are trying to get ahead, trying to start a business, trying to build something for the family, send their kids to school or whatever. And now we can do that because that woman now can go to Bazista, uh, a, a company, B-A-Z-I-S-T-A, um, and and open an account. Uh, can't do it in Africa. I think they're focused on Asia first, but... That I, their idea is just like SD or, and all of them have SD, eBay, even Craigslist, you know, you want to take money, there'll be a secure way to send that money. And, you know, hey, I can PayPal somebody money in Australia and it costs me nothing. Right. Yeah. <laughs> and I, if I go to, if I go to Poland, I got to use a wire and a, I just had a uh, Uber driver tell me this uh, a couple of months ago. He sent five hundred dollars to Poland. It cost him forty-five. Man. That's nine percent. It's not charged as a percent. The funny thing is, people go in. They say, "I got to send the five hundred dollars." You know, I say, "Well, yeah, you know, I'm going to pay what it takes." 
You know, he had no problem paying the $45 until I said, well, wouldn't you like to be able to do it from five or from your home or phone? Oh, yeah. And five would be making good money in the blockchain world. So think about that. You now can shop for these wonderful crafts and the stories and and stuff could be marketed to the entire world. And we can sell some stuff to them. We want them to prosper. We yeah. will be clients. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and all of that happens because of blockchain. Very little of it has to do with whether or not your crypto investments can skyrocket. Right. You invest right. in anything that's going to do well. It's like investing in Microsoft before they went public. You know, if something's going to hit. Will there be losers? Yeah, probably 80, 90% of them. So, yeah, do your homework. Uh, and and if you fancy yourself a day trader, go do it. Have fun with that. That's right. not me. You want to do mining. I got a friend who is talking to Navita on a regular basis, wow. coming up with specially designed cars to put in specially designed computers that run in a place where electricity is dirt cheap and cooling, which you also need, and mining Bitcoin and whatnot. And guess what? Those guys are going to take over. Man. So when I learned about it, I could have set up a rig. I, you know, I used to own a computer service company. I could have built it or used an old PC, put it in my garage, right. made myself you know, a few thousand Bitcoins and been rich today because of it. And I said, nah, I've done enough of that kind of stuff. I had the bulletin board. I've, you know, I've done all the tech stuff. I'm a big thinker, speaker, writer. I'm going to go be an author. And, uh, you know, so dumb move financially. I say, you know, come to me if you want to know how to make money in the future. Don't stick around to have me tell you how to keep it. Price has been subpar. I pick winners, but I don't necessarily do anything about it. And then, you know, every once in a while I do something and screw up and lose a ton of money. So anyway, don't be me. But, uh, you know, it's a, the game plan there is if you want to get rich from all this, find something to work. If your company, if your boss, if your whatever you're working on is not looking at these technologies right. and transforming the world, go get a job driving Uber and go invent something. You know? Yeah. Go Whatever replaces Uber, because Uber is old school, man. They're taking way too much of the money. Uh, but think of how revolutionized that is. Last year, I gave up my car. I just started taking Uber. Any they had a deal in Vegas because yeah. you know there's so many, so many drivers and so many tourists and whatnot. So I was getting a ride for like two, three dollars. Um, you know, it was far less than I spent because I'm mostly at home working in my office. Right. When I go out. Somebody picks me up, takes me. It's fantastic. I still do it. I did, the deal went away, but I still do it now. What I found was this is so much better. Automated car, even better. We're going to get rid of accidents. So I'm sorry. I'm, I'm kind of rambling today, but I'm excited by this stuff. We're yeah. looking at a great future. Yeah, no, this is, man, just in that, I'm in trouble. Yeah, no, just in that small piece of, of talk like that's And that's why I'm so happy to have you on the show. You just gave so much knowledge and insight just within that that small time frame and, and, you know, perspective of everything. And that's exactly why I love this. This is exactly why I like to have these discussions, because those are the things that need to be talked about. I feel like 
on more of a constant on a daily basis because that's the important things. Those are the really awesome takeaways from all of this. Like going back to what you were saying regarding the people in the world that don't have access to bank accounts, but they have cell phones. Those things, blockchain and cryptocurrency can completely revolutionize. And like, could you imagine you know, you, you don't have access to a bank, you can't get one, but you can transfer money back and forth between countries, you know, at a fraction of the cost it would take to send it now. Like that is so important. And that is the thing that I feel like will be a huge plus to everybody, the whole world. When that stuff comes into play and people realize that worth when it comes to blockchain and crypto, I feel like that will change things. And you know what? That My part of it is we get to that world and very quickly it isn't about the money. Yep. Economics does not measure anything of great value. It's right. just currency. It's a made up mythical thing that we all agree to you. Right. Okay, yep. cool. I love keeping score. I love it when I get paid. There's no doubt about it. I love buying stuff, you know. Actually, no, I don't love buying stuff. I love getting stuff, <laughs> you know. Um, and, and it's not about buying. In fact, I like it more if I made some kind of a deal, if I've worked in exchange for it, if you know, somebody send me a sample because I'm an influencer, all that kind of stuff. And and we're going to have the systems to track that kind of stuff. So if you're if you're adding value to a community, you're going to get some kind of token. Yep. It ain't. ain't yeah, I'm going to say eight. Yeah. It ain't gonna be how good you work in the first shooter game. Right. And, and it's and I just was seeing a, a demo of something, uh, some VR. Really cool stuff. There's a uh, blockchain component to it. Nice. Uh, my favorite yesterday was I saw one about space. And it's basically, you know, satellites. Now they're working on something and the data is stored in the blockchain. But yeah. I think about, you know, it going everywhere. I'm thinking about Star Trek, where you need something. The replicator makes it. You don't pay anything. They occasionally refer to credits in Star Wars and, and Star Trek. Right. But, that, but, you know, it's... Some accounting, but we're going to get to the level where you just know. There's a book called Down and Out in the Magic Kingdom that I implore everybody to read. Okay, It's Cory Doctorow. It's free on the internet. Just type type in someplace Doctorow, which is spelled weird, D-O-C-T-R-O-W. And but Cory, Magic Kingdom, Down and Out in the Magic Kingdom is the name of the book. You'll find it. You get a PDF. You download it. You don't even have to pay for the book. You know, and pay him because it's that good of a book. But, you know, whatever. Um, and read this book, man. It is a story about a world where we have solved all the problems. Capitalism wins. Wow. And people are hanging out at this place that used to be Disney World. And no one's taking any tickets. <laughs> no one's selling anything. You can get whatever you need. What people do, uh, one of the central things in it, they're fixing up Pirates of the Caribbean. When wow. I read that, I'm going, no way. And then it's blowing my mind. And then, years later, it occurs to me that what kind of technology and things they're going to do. They'd make Pirates of the Caribbean rock. It would be the best thing ever, and somebody would be out there trying to make it even better. Right. And yeah, they'd be tied up, and then some other group would go build another one. And it's all done without thinking about who's going to foot the bill. Yeah, see, it has do. So I don't think we all get into leisure activities, but we do whatever we do. In that book, everybody has a number on their forehead, uh -huh. and it goes up or down like karma, right? 
I say any system that counts things is going to be rigged. I don't particularly like that. You know, it's nice that people see I have, you know, the 500,000 followers on Twitter, but I'd rather they have a score up there that says how many people has he helped? How many yeah. conversations has he had? Is, is this guy likely to listen to you if you tweet him? And the answer is yes. You tweet at Warren Whitlock, I read it. Every single one of them. Right now, there's kind of a problem because they allowed longer tweets and people use them to fill up names and tag me on stuff, like airdrop. Oh, <laughs> I don't yeah. block very many people, but if you start sending me five airdrop messages a day, you're blocked. <laughs> you know, I just, I just need to get it off my feed. I, you know, more power to them. I'm all for freedom of speech. But, you know, if you're just mechanically sending out all this stuff, it doesn't do me any good. So, you know, it's, I, I'm not president, so I'm allowed to block people. Right, this is um, true. <laughs> It's a scammer anyway. But um, uh, no, when I say if you're a real person and you ask me a real question, I answer it. I do that. It takes some time. People call it, well, how much money do you make off of it? I'm there to make money, man. I'm online to make money. Exactly. I don't do it because it feels good. But I do the right thing because I know everybody sees it. That's why I love Twitter especially, but all the social media. The reason I got into it was... I could do what I was doing on the BBS or in the private email messages, but a thousand people can read it. My yep. average tweet gets read by 5,000 people, no matter what it said. Wow. Okay. And they're reading video and right now, and 500 people would watch it. And it's me picking up the phone and saying, I'm picking up the phone and, and talking, and this is nonsense. And I get 500 people. But it doesn't do any good until I reach somebody and they say, hey, I need help with something. Can you do this? By the way, you're going to reach out to me. The first request is not, hey, can you help me raise some money for my ICO? Because right. you know what the answer is going to be. Yes, it's going to cost you. Pay me. We'll work on it. I'm an advisor. That's what I do. Yep. Don't do that. Instead, find out what I'm interested in talking about it. Like, tell me, I was watching you on that show, and I really liked what you said about clean water. I don't need to know about your charity. I've heard about it. I need to know you care. Yeah. In a conversation, I'm bound to ask you, what are you doing to get clean water in the world? And you say, well, this is my charity. That conversation will happen. People ask me all day long questions about what they're doing. And this is a funny thing. I just learned this one. I'm going to give you one more. This is, this is dynamite. Uh, all right, Somebody sends you, email, they send you a tweet. You know, they're requesting your help in a PM. And you say, tell me more instead of no. Because you've thought it out. You go, this is ridiculous, right? And I'm sorry, if it's an airdrop spam, no, I'm not going to buy. I have bought, <laughs> but you're not, you're not going to even get an answer to that. But if it's like, hey, you know, we're doing all this and we're going to have a white paper soon and we might want you as an advisor if you're interested. And then they go on and go blah, 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 blah. Another thousand characters. I read all that. And then I answer, tell me more. That's it. That's the secret. Three nice. words. Tell me more. And uh, and what most people do is they blather on like me about how great their their project is, <laughs> and they don't get around to any forward motion. So I'm I'm altering that now. If it's these startups that don't 
communicate well. I get a lot in other languages that, you know, their English is just enough. Actually, their, their English grammar writing is usually pretty damn good. But they're not quite thinking in English. And I, I say, tell me more about being an advisor, which is my thing, right? right? Or tell me more about the help you need. Or tell me more about this part of the project. I'm ex- But it's always starting off with, tell me more. So you send a message to me, you say, tell me more. you got my interest. You don't need to sell me on how great the project is. Tell me more about how we move ahead. Right. And uh, number one thing I see people not doing in, in business, in, in communications, is not going ahead and say, this is what I want to have happen next. Before we started this, you know, I'm asking you, hey, how long do you want it to be? What is there anything particular you want to talk about? I know good interviews always say, well, I got these questions. And I always ignore that and do what I do. Right. And, uh, and uh, yeah, and, and then it comes, then I'm thinking like, okay, what do we do now? You're going to post it someplace. You're going to send me a link. I'm going to tweet that link because that's what I do. You know, because I want people to know that I'm out doing interviews like this. I don't want you to get 12 viewers. I want you to get 12,000 viewers, you know? Awesome. If I can help you do that. But people come to me and they say, we want to get to the influencers. What size audience you have? What size audience can, if I get you, hire you to help me find some influencers, what are the size of the audience? I'm going like, you went to school in the 1900s. You know, this is the <laughs> century now, guys. It's not about how many houses you can drop your spam on. Right. You know, you know, you put it in the junk mail. We got rid of junk mail. We got spam spam protection. People don't read mailing lists. You know, what they do read is a personal note from somebody. Yep. Okay? If you need if you need investors for your startup, you don't need 7 million investors. You may want to get a community of 7 million for whatever reason. But you sure as heck do not need that many investors. You need one guy with a fat wallet. Right. And then his friends will come around when they see that what what he's done. So go after that. And by the way, I know some of these guys, not a single one of them is out looking for the next airdrop on Twitter. Yep. Yep. And you know what? I agree with you. Yeah, and I agree with you a lot on that. And that's you know, and that's that literally what you talk about right there is not necessarily worrying about the numbers and creating a uh, a really good space for dialogue, creating the conversation and helping out with with pushing that out to people. I feel like that's exactly what I want to embody in this podcast. To me, it's not like, "Oh, okay, you know, we have Warren Whitlock and he has so many followers and we want to make sure we do this so we can push it out." It's like I want to talk to somebody that has really good knowledge and we can create the dialogue that will really get people to pay attention because it's like people look for the numbers and then expect to make the means rather than look at the right. content and get the numbers. And I'm like, to right, me, that right. just doesn't well, seem right. Even farther beyond the content, you're doing great content. You're putting together the system and you're consistent. Right. You know, so many people start podcasting just to have, I just recently had lunch with the same friend I've used before. We talk about all things all the time. And he's done podcasts. He's created info products. He's done seminars, speaking, sell stuff at the back of the room. He's been very rich. He's not been rich. He's you know done everything before. Right now, he's doing something with Masternodes that'll blow your mind, you know, wow. rigging that up in a different kind of way. And he's got investors. He's got, you know, in other words, he's done everything. We're sitting there talking. He says, I think I'm going to start a podcast about that. I'm going to do. 
That makes four podcasts you're working on now. You haven't done episode one of any of them. And this is a guy who goes and gets stuff done. Okay? By the way, point the finger back at me. I got a bunch of projects like that where I think it'd be great. You start doing a consistent podcast, blog, whatever it is you do, you're putting out quality. And then it doesn't even have to be the content. Content's just so dang easy to do today. You put out quality that's going to draw people in, pull instead of push. And then when you think about it from the advertiser uh, standpoint or the, you know, the ECC version of this, you know, how are we going to push the audience to it? You go like, great, that can be done with some cash. Yeah. You go out, you can buy people to be an audience. You can build that. So what I tell people to do is find that YouTube YouTuber or blogger podcaster who's passionate about something and then pay whatever you need. So that person can keep doing what he does yep. like a charity would, you know, charity in the classic, the way it is in the movies, not NGOs where, you know, the staff's making millions of dollars and it's all about raising more funds. You know, not that crap. I'm talking about real charity where, you know, somebody's there given and you go like, hey, I like this. Let me support what you're doing. OK. Yeah. And as same comes to creating content, somebody sees what you're doing. They come along and they say. Hey, here, you know, what do you need? How can I help you? Let me put out a press release that we're doing a show together. It'll go out to these papers and this this online service and stuff like that. You know, I know a guy at the Wall Street Journal. Let me tell you about it. Uh-huh. I was in New York last week speaking, and it turns out my, my Toronto client was in New York that week. Did not know it too late. This didn't quite, this is a near miss uh-huh. on that part. And I need a guy who is covering the event and only covering events in the tri-state area. I'm going like, oh, this guy's a little bit out, but, you know, he's interesting. He's doing something great. By the way, the, the company is Phonium, phone with U-M.io, uh, and they are getting ready to go to, go to public ICO, and their, and their technology is a mobile app that, you know, everybody's downloading, staring at their phone. Right. Uh, you know, and it's like gamification of mining, mining on a, a mobile uh, nice. and, and Apple came out with a, we're not going to let you mine on mobile rule last week. Yeah. All right. so I get a hold of him. I say, you want to comment on this? You see, yeah, in fact, I'm in New York. Ah, you know, I connected the two guys. <laughs> They're still working on getting together. It turns out the TV reporter wants to cover my client. And I just took the initiative to go ahead and say, here, you know, connect two people. Let the magic happen. I believe that if people in your network, in this case, your viewership, do something with people in my network who we may never know what's happening, the world's a better place. And this connection helped. It might flow through. We might learn about it. Yep. It might just be your friend meets my friend and, and, and they say, yeah, he's a good dude. Um, and that's the end of it. It may not be your company, my company who gets the payment, that doesn't matter. Right. What matters is we, do we move forward, progress, make the world a better place. When you start focusing on that, all sorts of things are possible. I, you fix any problem there is when you take the money out of it. Yep, I agree. Yeah, I definitely agree. And you know what? That actually that actually leads me to, to think about something. So like you said, you can fix any solution. Fix any problem when you take, you the, take money the money out of it. Out of it. Yep, it's that scary. is. I mean... I haven't heard it said exactly like that. If I stole it from somebody, please put put in the comments that Warren stole that from somebody. But I don't think I've ever heard it. 
Things? No, I don't. Things? I don't think I've ever heard that. If you take the money out of it, man, that's just so true. Yeah. But at the same time, it scares the heck out of me because, like everybody else, I want to get paid. Yeah. Yeah. Of course. Yeah. Yeah. That's definitely a good point. Everybody wants to get paid, right? They use that as a medium to get what they need and do what they want to do. So it will be interesting. I want to, I want to do good. It has to be. I want to do the right thing. And let's figure out how to get paid while we're doing it. Exactly. That's exactly, exactly it. That's exactly the rule I like to follow. I'm not going to do something solely just because it makes me a bunch of money. Because to me, that kind of defeats the purpose. You should align what you love and what you have a passion for. And then you basically find a way to monetize it. You know, to me. You know what they say? If you do what you love, you'll never work a day in your life. (laughs) I don't. Me? I've never worked a day in my life. Yep. You know, let's face it. I got I got the lucky genes in this in this world. I used to think not because you know I have no athletic ability. I got a face that looks like this, but really I'm white, male, high IQ, educated, yeah. born in the U.S., have a good had good parents. None of that was me. That was just the lucky gene contest. Yeah, you know? <laughs> I just happened to get, get those genes. And I, I got to be like in my 50s before I realized that it was just wrong for me to think about reverse discrimination. No doubt about it. I've had discrimination happen to me. Right. Like compared to you, I can't. I mean, I'm, I'm, a, I'm embarrassed to even bring it up. But there have been times when somebody looked at me and said, oh, white dude, we don't trust what you're doing. How could you know anything about the Internet? You're over 50. Yeah. You know, um, I've had that happen to me. I've had it happen because of religion. Of, of going to another country and being the weird guy. Yep. You know, I've had a little bit of that, and I don't like it. I want to get rid of that kind of discrimination. But, you know, I can't go around complaining about it because, you know, I'm kind well, of entitled. I got you, yeah. <laughs> and, so, and I started looking at it, and I said, what can I do to help other people? That's what matters. It's, it's not about how many how many Benjamins I can hold. Right. You know, because I run out of stuff I can do with but And, you know... Despite what Scrooge McDuck says, it is not fun to swim in your money in the vault. Yeah. <laughs> okay, uh, maybe one time. But, you know, you, you want to get that out of there. Every big investor wants to be doing something. I went to Puerto Rico. The, the crypto millionaires, billionaires are moving to Puerto Rico. The U.S. tax code says no capital gains to 2035. There's a 4% tax to Puerto Rico. They definitely need it. No capital gains, guys. You know, you can build a fortune there. You build without tax, you're doing well. What do those guys do? Yeah. Well, yeah, they might get on a yacht and then and a few of them drive the Lambo. The really rich ones, the ones that are keeping the money, mm-hmm. they don't own a Lambo. They don't care about no dang Lambo. You know, they've had it. They got rid of it. My rich friend's got a Rolls, but, you know. So, but, you know, yeah, because he drives in style. Right. It's a pittance mix. He doesn't go around saying, I own a road. Yeah. I'm, that, there, I'm there at the meeting and somebody goes outside. I'm going like, well, you got hit by the ammonia too. He says, no, no. I'm just taking a picture of me in the road. <laughs> Why? Uh, Why do you need to Instagram that? You know? Yeah. No, I don't care. You know, what matters is what can you do with it? And those guys out in Puerto Rico are building like a, they're building a crypto friendly city. And there's a whole lot of reason to say it's going to be a bunch of rich guys keeping the poor guys out or whatever. But hey, look, Elon Musk said he, he has a system to wire the whole island. 
that's, you know, again, yeah. it's scary. You don't want Elon Musk taking over the whole of Puerto Rico and something like this. But right. it, I say his heart's in the right place. He's trying to figure out some way yep. to go get it done. It's been like what? You know, 10 months since the since the hurricane. Yep. And there are still people without, power. without any power having to go someplace to get some food. Yep. It, but also... That city's operated. I go to San Juan. I get in a taxi at, at the working airport. I go into the luxury hotel, uh, at, which is twice as much as it should be because there's not that many luxury <laughs> hotels operating. Yep. I said, how you ask the cab driver, how you doing? He goes like, eh, you know, and he said, is it 50% back? Or, no, not nowhere near 50%. And then he points to things. I see a billboard on a, on a building. I don't mean attached to the building. I mean, it's falling over on the building. Nobody's picked it up after eight months. Um, And this is on the highway going into town. Uh, There's a lot of things to do. I was so struck with, you know, I'm thinking I want to move here not not to to keep my riches, which I'd do anyway, but, you know, I would move there so that I get involved in something because the real estate deals will make you money, everything like that. When you start thinking capitalism to solve poverty and the world's problems, right? That's the way to do it. You know, we gotta stop complaining about the one percent. Right? They're like us; they want to put their money to, to to use. And and yeah, there's some inequality and some tax problems, and yeah, blah blah blah. So somebody else will let the politicians play with that. What we need to do is figure out ways that we can go help somebody and make a payday. Help them and make a payday. Exactly. Yeah, I'm rambling. Hey, I got to get going. This has been a great time. Thank yeah, you. it really has been a great time. I, I really appreciate you coming on to the show and talking. Um, I mean, you made so many good points. You brought up so many relevant and prevalent topics in the idea of crypto and just, just life in general when it comes to investing uh, and when it comes to how you should look at that. time and I need to tell you what the price of Bitcoin is going to be next month. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I see. That, that. We'll tell you what the price of Bitcoin is next month because we will have already figured it out and hold up our phone and it will tell us what the price is. Right. No joke. No joke at all. Awesome. 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 Again, thank you a lot. I appreciate you taking the time to come on the show. We'd like to thank everyone for your support here at the Bullpen Podcast all season long and look forward to having you at the next episode. We'd also like to give a special thanks to the team behind the scenes that make this show possible. Today's show notes can be found on our website at thebullpenpodcast.io forward slash post show stats. Also, don't forget to like and retweet us at One Bullpen Podcast. That's the number one Bullpen Podcast. And to watch Lyndon do some exciting and probably some weird things too, tune into the Snapchat at the Crypto Bully. That's at the Crypto Bully. It's been a pleasure, and see you at the next show. Good night, everyone.